to die He might give Eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. Faith for the future. Faith is something that God is very pleased with because he says, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Faith is good because you're saved by your faith. Put in your confidence, your trust in what Christ did for you, and look what you get, eternal life. But we're not in heaven yet, but we already have eternal life. If I trust the Lord 59 years ago, that's when I got eternal life. I don't get it today, I got to already have it. I'm already God's child. I'm not going to be some God's child someday. I'm already going to heaven. I already have eternal life. But when we understand this thing about faith and putting your confidence in the Lord, we're still here on planet Earth. But what's going to make the biggest difference about how we live our life is going to be our faith. So look at the, the text that I have here at the very beginning. When we talk about faith for the future, it means the faith that I need to live by. In other words, we can't go backwards. You can't go backwards. You can't do anything that's already in the past. So set your face like a flint and look forward. And then if you look forward, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to do? What do you want to be? What do you want to have when you get to heaven? Well, all those things, see, is determined by your faith in the Lord. So the scripture here says, faith cometh by hearing. The Lord will not allow your faith to go unnoticed or unrewarded. Whenever he comes back, he says, will he find faith upon the earth? Does God know in heaven that secret little thing called confidence in the Lord? He sees every person and knows whether or not we are really trusting in him. And the way we can find out whether or not we are really trusting the Lord is by the peace of mind we can have when it seems like everything else has fallen apart. Now, I'll be honest with you, in the last couple of weeks, it seemed like with everything that happens and you got your mind upon a missions conference and everything that you want to get done, and then it seems like everything falls apart. This happens, that happens, and so forth. It'd be easy to get bent out of shape, wouldn't it? And you're going to have the same thing happen in your own life. But what you have to do is look past that, beyond it, and to realize that God would not withhold any good thing from his children. So he knows what we need. But anyway, look back here at your notes. There's a scripture, and I, but the first line there is, Faith uh, not only pleases God, but produces a wholesome effect upon you. Not only what faith gets you, but what faith does to you. 
I've often told people, I says, the reason I wanted to have various kinds of ministries is because I want to produce leaders, and leaders have to have an outlet, a way of training them. And so camp, you've got to have some counselors and junior counselors and team captains and co-counselors and, uh, you know, camp director and a song leader and all that. Try to many, many jobs because you want those positions to build them. So I've always tried to use a ministry to build a people, not people to build me a ministry. I'm more interested in building people because you're not going to last forever. But people, they will last. They're souls. But you've got to train them. And you want to try to teach them where they can walk by faith, walk by themselves without you having to help them. So I've got to try to teach people enough of the Bible so that you'll serve the Lord on your own, whether you've got a preacher. You don't have a preacher. Because the time may come when we may have to go underground. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but that may happen. But anyway, look at the next statement. Here in the book of Philippians 3.13, that's in the bowl right there. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I want to apprehend that for which God apprehended me for. Whatever it is God wants me to apprehend, I want to get it. So I want to press forward to whatever it is God has for me. The prize is down the road, and therefore I strive to reach it. So this verse here, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth. Reaching forth is because of faith for the future. Because you're always trying to reach for that which God has apprehended you for. Now, when God gets through with you, He'll take you home. If God hasn't taken you home yet, he's not through with you yet. Don't you get it? If he takes you home, I guess your work must be done. But I want him to take me home because my work is done and I have finished my course. Not because I messed up and he had to take me out of here because he had to whoop the tar out of me. So look at the rest part of this verse. He says, unto those things which are before him. In Philippians, he said, I press toward the mark. How do you press? Because of your faith. It's what gives you that vision down the road and the courage that you need to do all the things that you're supposed to do. And we mentioned this the other night. Well, where did you get all this faith? Well, there was a time when I didn't have much faith in the Lord. And I had enough faith to trust him as my Savior. I was going to trust him for that. But outside of that, I did not know that God had a will for my life or a purpose for me as his child. I just thought it was all on me. And so I decided there's a lot of things I want to do for God. But I didn't know there was something God wanted me to do. Now, it was great when we finally got on the same page. And Betty's dad told me, he says, Yankee, God could lead you if you ever let him get in the front. Because I was just, and I'd go. And whatever I wanted to do, I did it. And we lived in, a, in five states in a year and a half. After we got married, five states in a year and a half. And then we moved around two or three times in every one of those states. Always moving, always going. Betty's dad was going berserk because she had messed up her life and married this gypsy. I was the worst thing in the world because I knew nothing about the Lord. I didn't know how to, God has a plan for me. And God wants me to do certain things. I said, well, if he does, he better tell me quickly because I'm running out of time. I want to do something. And so it took a while. And my faith began to grow slowly. But I had a lot of lessons to learn. Look at number one there. 
Faith will give you a vision. Faith will give you a vision. Some believers can see and some believers cannot see. They can't see down the road because they don't have any faith in what God says. So the more you study of the Word of God, the more your vision is going to be enlarged. Anybody in here ever had cataracts on their eyes? Cataracts? I had a Cadillac one time and then a Lincoln Continental. But cataracts, it was glazing over and it was getting very fuzzy. And it wasn't clear and I couldn't see good. And I actually walked out from the house and I walked out by my, and I cried. I had never heard of cataracts. All I knew is that I can't see and I'm going blind. And the last thing I ever wanted to do was go blind. Because I thought, then that's going to really take its toll on my ministry when I can't see. I didn't know anything about, you know, Tom Stokes. He sees all right. He sees pretty good. And uh, except one night he came in with his pajamas. But anyway... That's not true. That's not true. Now, I lied about Tom. I usually have to get Tom, but then he winds up getting me back. So I had to stop saying anything against Tom. I won't say anything against Tom because I can't take it because I know he'll get me back. But I do want you to see this verse. Look there in your Bible to the book of John chapter 8, the gospel of John and chapter 8. We often hear about Abraham, that great man of faith. How that he is the father of the nation of Israel, the Hebrews. And whenever Jesus was here, they got into a little discussion about Jesus Christ. And Jesus made some statements that kind of blew them out of the water. So he says here in verse 52, I want you to see verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hath a devil. Abraham is dead. And the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who in the world do you think you are? You're out of your mind. You're crazy. You've got a devil. Now, how would you like to be God who created the heavens and the earth, and you created those very people who are sitting in judgment on you? You know what I'd have done? I'd have slapped their jaws, made them have a bad case of hiccups, and I'd have maybe a few other things first. <laughs> then I'd have zapped them. But Jesus didn't say that. They asked a question. He says this. In verse 54, Jesus answers them, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say, He's your God. Yet ye have not known Him. Because He's saying He's my Father. And... You're saying he's your God. So what he's saying is, I am the son of God. And you think you know him and you don't know me. I am just like him. And he that hath seen me hath seen the father. Oh, this gets interesting. He says in verse 55, now notice how timid, I guess you could say Jesus was. He was so intimidated. See in verse 55, yet ye have not known him. Oh, that's right in their eyes. But I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar just like you. That look like he's afraid. No, he, this is God talking. And then he says, but I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Now in Genesis 18 and verse 1, which is the chapter where, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. And anyway, they, these angels came up there and anyway... Abraham was about 99 years old, 
And the Bible says, y'all wait here and I'm going to fix y'all something to eat. And he ran to get him a, a little small calf that was young and tender and he's going to fix him a meal. He's only 99 and he ran. Can you run? I have a time walking sometimes. <laughs> 99 and he ran. And the thing is, he looked into the future. God told Abraham, your, your wife is going to have a baby. Your wife's going to have a baby about this time next year. That's faith. Because you know what a man and a woman had to do in order to have a baby. So somewhere along the line, Sarah, she laughed and she says, you mean I'm supposed to have pleasure in my old age? Well, anyway, they had to get together. And it wasn't about a year later, they had a baby. But it was faith. He believed what God said. And he knew that whenever he was even asked to take his son's life, that God was going to raise him back again from the dead. But it was faith because he believed that he rejoiced to see that. And he knew who he was. He knew who Jesus was. He had been talked about the seed which was going to come through his loins on down the road through David and so forth. Yeah, it's all there. But some people see they can't see. Now, the other scripture I have here, well, it's in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 9. We won't take the time to look at it right now, but it just simply says, as a child of God, some people cannot see afar off. He says, because they're blind. They have not added to their faith. They haven't grown in the Lord. Oh, let's go there and look at it. You need to see that anyway. Look there in Second Peter. Second Peter in chapter 1. All right, in 2 Peter, this is on page 1317 in an old Schofield reference Bible. But after you trust Christ as Savior, there's thing God wants you to add to your faith. And if you will, look what he says here. In verse 4, whereby are given unto us, that's believers, God's children, exceeding great and precious promises. Now, do you think God wants you to know what these great and precious promises are? Now, you've got eternal life. You're going to heaven when you die. You're not going to hell, and those are precious promises. But there's more than that. More things that God wants you to know. Well, the Word of God is like a will. That's why it's called the last will and testament. It's called the Old Testament, New Testament. This is a will that God left for His children. Now, one of these days, whenever me and Betty dies, our kids have got a, there's a will. And they're supposed to get this will and look at it and see if we left him anything. But men of sound mind, we spent every cent we had. No. So we've left him a will. But don't you think they're going to want to know, well, what's in the will? Well, of course you'd want to know. The Bible, the New Testament, there is a new will that was made out for God's children. So that's why you study the Word of God to find out the will of God. In this will... There's mighty precious promises. And so he says here in verse 4, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Look in verse 5. Beside this, beside getting a new nature and escape, you're going to get something else. In verse 5, beside that, giving all diligence. See the next word? Add. And now that's a choice. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to Add to your faith. Add to your faith. Isn't that what it says? Your Bible say that? 
And he says virtue and knowledge and temperance and all these other things and godliness. And in verse 4, if, see that word if in verse 8, if these things be in you and abound because of your faith and you've added to your faith, well, then there's things that God can do for you and through you and use you. But he makes a statement in verse 9. But he that lacketh these things is what? Talking about you could be a blind Christian. A Christian, but you're blind. You can't see. Because you see, you see, <laughs> you see, you see with the scriptures. There's your vision. And the studying of the word of God, you can get it in focus. And some people's vision is blurred. They can't see afar off. They really don't understand how to walk with the Lord. They don't understand the old nature and the new nature. They don't understand, you know, salvation and service. They don't know how to explain things. That's because it's all fuzzy. With most Christian people, it is fuzzy. But if you'll always get the gospel clear, ah, that's the light that shines upon all the rest of them. But if this is out of focus, then everything else is out of focus. And so he says, if you'll do this, and otherwise you can get to where you have forgotten that you have been forgiven of your sin. And next thing you know, you can have questions and doubts and the lack of faith produces doubts. All right, look there at number two. Faith will give you courage. Remember, God told Joshua, he said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And he says to study the word of God and meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do all that's written within the book of the law to do them. And God will make your way successful. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Because you see, you're talking about faith for the future. It's not just for this moment right now. It's down the road. It's so that it gives you a vision of where you're going. What do you want to do? Now look at the next statement. Faith not only tells you what is right, but tells you what you and the Lord can do. 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty makes this statement. For by thee I have run. And see, when I study the Bible, I see just certain words that I can, man, I, I like that. Because of me and the Lord, I can run. I can run this race. And then I put anything else I want with it. But I always try to figure, uh, what can I learn? From it? What, how can I apply this to my life? And then I remember I used to watch, when I was a kid, Superman. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's, who is it? Superman. I used to take him, put a towel around my neck when I was a little kid. And I would run. I'd run so fast, I was scared that I was going to take off and start flying. And then I was afraid I wouldn't be able to control myself. But I could run, and I was so fast. When my little boy, Eddie, he, he needed some shoes. <laughs> I took him to this place, and so he saw some tennis shoes. Oh, he put those on. He had to try them on. He put them on. And I said, well, try them out. So he ran down the aisle and ran back. I said, well, you like those? Yeah, these, these, these are fast. Boy, these shoes are fast. All right, you want to get those? Yeah, these are fast shoes. Okay, so I bought him those shoes <laughs> because those shoes were fast. I didn't want to break his heart. <laughs> but you'll find out. You'll think because of me and the Lord, it's like being like a superman. Because all of a sudden, what it does to your confidence is me and the Lord... We can do anything. 
Men, the Lord can handle any problem. I don't care what it is. Between me and God, we know everything there is to be known. Me and God. I think he probably knows a little bit more than I do, but between me and God, as long as I know God's with me, it gives you confidence, gives you boldness. But now, without the Lord, you can do what? Nothing. Can't do anything. But with the Lord, I can jump over a wall. What does it say here? And he makes this statement, By thee I have run through a troop. By my God I have leaped over a wall. dum da dum Superman is here. You see, you're not just a man in the flesh with your limitations. Now you are a child of God with all the power of the Godhead behind you. And the same power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, the Holy Spirit, where does he live now? Where does he live? Inside of you. You have all the power you need to do what God wants you to do. You have all that you need. The problem is, is you just won't do it. And you worry that he won't come through in time. So we've got to learn how to trust the Lord. But that's faith. Trusting God to do what he promised he will do. You say, well, I don't know what he promised to do. Well, then study the word of God. That's why you studied the book. So that you can know. Look at the next statement. Number three, faith will make you wise. You, see, you ever heard of the wise guys? I mean, the wise men that went into Nebuchadnezzar. They took them, these young men into, you know, Babylon. And these Hebrew children, they determined that they were not going to defile themselves with the meat of the king. And they were willing to die for the Lord because they had a vow. And they said, look, if you want to put us on a test, give us nothing to eat. I guess you could say they were strictly vegetarians. <laughs> now, the only reason I ate those deer is because they was eating their grass. And so I didn't want them to eat their vegetables. So I eat the deer. Anyway, so the day came after a while. They looked at them in 10 days. Their flesh looked better. They were smarter. They were wiser. Because they put their confidence, their trust in the Lord. They believed God. So even though way back then they had faith in what God's word has to say. Look at letter B here. Taking God at his word is the beginning of wisdom. And it is. And Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now think about that. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Well, wisdom and instruction comes from the Bible. So what's the value of studying the Bible? To get instructions. Basic instructions before leaving earth. You ever heard that? The word Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. So, As we study the Bible, we're getting instruction and wisdom to live here before we leave. So you got to know what God's word says so that you can be instructed. That's the purpose we have for Bible college. All it is is teaching people how to have faith in God. So you can't know those great and precious promises without knowing the scriptures. So is it God's will for you to study his word? All that we're doing on Wednesday nights is studying the Word. All we're doing on Sunday nights is studying the Word. 
Well, on Sunday mornings, all we're really doing is just studying the word. Because remember the last thing he said, yeah, preach the word. Paul said to young Timothy, preach the word. Just preach the word. Why? Because this is basic instruction of what every child of God needs. Now, look at number four. Faith will give you hope. Faith enables the believer to wait patiently. The fruit of the Spirit. While you hope confidently. Remember, one of the fruits of the Spirit is your patience. Patience. It means that you're learning to wait on the Lord. One of the reasons God doesn't give us everything we want when we want it is so that we learn how to really trust the Lord. There's things that I would love to have. All these things that are going on with the, you know, the, the radio, the, uh, the, the internet thing, and the, the computers, and all that. That's just a lot of stuff that I don't even like to think about. But God knows all about it. And he can solve it just like that. But he lets us struggle through things, trying to find answers. Trying to find out what don't I know. And when we get through, when it's all over with, we'll be set up probably because of what I've seen God do in the past. We'll be better than we were before. We'll have better equipment than we had before. We'll be wiser than we were before. We'll make better precautions next time there's a thunderstorm maybe. <laughs> I don't know how we'll do it. I'm going to put Louie on top of the building with an umbrella. And Louie's not going to... He's not going to shirk from his responsibility. We could tie a string on it and put a key on it. Somebody else did something like that one time. Was it Benjamin Franklin? Yes. Wasn't Thomas Edison? Oh, he got the light bulb, huh? Okay, I see the light. Okay. Number five. Look at number five. Faith will enable you to accomplish great things. In other words, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. And the longest journey begins with a single step. But you have to have the faith to take the first step. And then the next step. And the next step. See, it's easy to start a journey, but it's another thing to maintain the journey and to finish the journey. So that's what we really want to do. So here, in this little statement I have here, number five. Faith for the future is what gets you started, makes you maintain, makes you finish. But if you run out of faith, you run out of vision, you run out of hope, you run out of confidence. And whenever that happens, you come to a standstill. And life becomes a drudgery. And everything you do is not because you want to do it for the Lord. It's that you think, I'm, I'm being robbed of something. Look, I served the Lord all these years, and now look what happened. I don't have anything. I'm not doing this. Or done. And you'd be surprised how it can affect your mind. Satan works upon the mind. And God says to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or discover what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You renew your mind with the scriptures. Sound mind comes from sound doctrine that comes from sound words. Remember that. So here in... And number five, Hebrews 11, a whole chapter on what it means to live by faith. And so he uses these Old Testament guys. And these fellows that he's talking about are people just like us. They're no greater than we are. And the only reason they are talked about because they did what God says do. Well, we can handle that. God's not going to ask us to do something we can't do. So let's just do what he does say do. 
And we can put our trust in the Lord. And we can live our life. See, most Christians, they live their life and all they do is complain, 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 complain. What that means is you're not satisfied with what God is allowing to happen to you. Because God, if God, God no, you could stop that, Lord. I figured all the things that go on, sometimes the devil could be working behind the scenes. Sometimes it could be just things break down. And sometimes anything that happens bad to us, we say, the devil did that to me. devil did that to me. I don't think we need the devil to blame. We got no sinful nature of our own. Don't we? Amazing grace amazes me. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.